helping families be happy. Well, welcome to the Helping Families Be Happy podcast, where we explore the often messy world of family, love, and relationships. I'm your host for this podcast, Christopher Robbins, the co-founder of Familius Publishing, husband, father of nine, author, fly fisherman, backpacker, and aspirational musician based in the Central Valley of California. We hope to bring you nourishing real-life information about love, family, relationships, and life. Now, I'm happy to introduce today's guest. Linda Iyer is a New York Times number one best-selling author whose writing career has spanned four decades and whose books have sold in the millions of copies. Linda and her husband, Richard, have appeared on virtually all major national talk shows, including Oprah and Today, and have seen their books translated into a dozen languages. They write a syndicated weekly newspaper column and currently spend most of their time traveling and speaking to audiences throughout the world on families, parenting, and life balance, and trying to keep up with their grandchildren. The IRS vision statement is fortify families by celebrating commitment, popularizing parenting, bolstering balance, validating values, and glorifying grandparenthood. Today, we're focused on a wonderful book she published with Familius titled Grandmothering, The Secrets of Making a Difference While Having the Time of Your Life. Well, welcome, Linda. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. Thank you for doing this, Christopher. Wow. We've loved working with Familius. It's marvelous company. And this book fits right into your plan, although maybe you wouldn't, didn't think of that when you very first started. Well, as a, a grandfather for my very first time, it, it perhaps it's now completely apropos that we, we have this discussion. Oh, congratulations. That's great. Yeah. Well, so let's get right to it. So Linda, let's, let's have the real question. I know you have nine children. I have nine children, so we have that in common, but how many grandchildren do you have? Well, we're a few years ahead of you, Christopher. <laughs> we have, as of today, 31 grandchildren, but next month we are going to, listen to this, go to London. We're going to have to quarantine for two weeks, and then we're going to go help our youngest daughter bring two babies into the world, hopefully at the same time. Wow. Um, she's having twins, boy and a girl. And the issue is that she also has a four-year-old and a two-year-old who are, you know, preschoolers. So she's going to have to have some help. She's been so panicked about me getting there with the pandemic. pandemic. And I said, you know what? If I have to paddle, I'm going to be there. I'm going to make it. Don't worry. I'm going to make it. So we are. It's going to be a crazy experience, but we're excited about number 32 and 33. Oh, congratulations. Well, I can tell you, having uh, uh, being the father of twins, that it's really only difficult for the first four years. Oh, I'll tell her that. Oh, good. <laughs> Great news. And I, I really believe that. I used to think, well, when they start sleeping through the night, it'll be all right. But honestly, I think you're right. Our terrible twos went right on to threes. And so by four, ha, huh, it's great. Okay, well, we, we wish you the very best as you go across the pond and, and take care of your uh, new grandchildren there. But uh, let's, let's talk about secrets. I mean, secrets is a great word. Are, are there really any secrets to being a fantastic grandmother? Well, there are. And I think, you know, I've discovered that by uh, stumbling onto it as I've gone. Because 
there isn't a lot of instruction for grandparents. I mean, there's a lot for parents, but grandparents, I don't know, a lot of grandparents, you know, just think, well, okay, I'm done. Bye. Good luck. You know, and I'm going off to the golfing community and I don't have to worry about it anymore. Not many do that, but some do, but others are very involved grandparents. And I think so often we don't realize that we are leaving a legacy with our grandchildren that will last forever, starting with day one. And I think sometimes we just um, assume that the parents are fine and they, they can do everything, but I think grandparents can do things that parents cannot even touch. And as we've gone through, our oldest grandchild is 23. Um, we have two married, no, no great-grandchildren, uh, that would make me feel really old, but um, they are so fun. But wow, we have every imaginable personality in between. So, okay, so I, I've heard you and Richard talk about proactive grandparenting, and, and maybe you just touched on it on it a bit. But help us understand what what does that mean in getting being a proactive grandparent in the lives of your grandchildren. Well, first of all, I have to say that. You have to do, you have to be proactive with the permission of the parents. I mean, you know, you can be overly, um, overly hovering and, and telling parents what to do. And I think that's really part of being a good grandmother or a good, uh, good grandparent. Um, I have learned to say the word whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you want is fine. But at the same time, I think you need to be proactive. You need to go forward and say, how, how can I help? If you can see things that you can help, individual little Grammy dates are treasures. I love it because especially now that you've just got a baby, right? How old is your grandbaby? Five months. Oh, you are brand, brand new. Um, that's so fun. And But you do have to start when they're really young and so that they know you, but it really becomes more and more important the older they get. I have had the most wonderful conversations with little 10-year-olds and 7-year-olds and 3-year-olds about how they feel about life that I think parents don't even think to ask, you know, because as a grandmother, you can really be proactive in helping them feel good about themselves and feeling good about your relationship with them. And I think that has been one of the most fun things. I, we were just in Hawaii. Um, last January and I took a 10 year old for a little Grammy date and she was so sweet. Um, she said, when I asked them, what do you like best about your mom? You know, she said, Oh, she's such a good talker. She's such a good talker. <laughs> and I said, Oh yes, I know she is. She's so great. She just knows everything. I said, what, what really kind of annoys about noise you about your mom? And she said, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she, and, and then I, we went on and said, uh, I said, how do you feel about your dad? I feel like he needs more attention. I'm really the only one that really gives him the attention that he needs. And I just thought, oh, this is so sweet. Some amazing things can come out from, come out of the mouths of children during a Grammy date. And I, when our kids live all over the world, we have one in Switzerland, one in London, two families in Hawaii right now. We've had one in New York for 16 years. Two in Phoenix, I mean, they're everywhere. And I, whenever I go there, I make a point of having a Grammy date, just me and that child, just for a couple of hours. And you can learn so much from a little child in that setting. 
So that actually was, was my next question. I really wanted to understand is um, with so many grandchildren, and, you know, how does a grandmother get to know each individually and ensure that the grandchild has adequate one-on-one -on -one time? I mean, you're, you're, you're in a position where you're able to go to some of these locations and see them, but that's probably not as frequent as you would like. Right. So how do you do that both in person and remotely when you're not able to see them in person? Oh, good question. Because it's true. I mean, there are more people gravitating back to our little home in Utah. Um, we have three families here of nine now, but um, they are everywhere. And I think it is so important. First of all, birthdays are important. And I write them a really special letter, not just, I hope you had a good day. You know, just these are the things I adore about you. And then, you know, going through, and yesterday, actually, our granddaughter was 21. And I'm still doing that because um, she's starting a new life, just got married, and she's going off with her husband to medical school. And I, I think it's so important to say, this is how I feel about you individually. I love this and I love that. And you're, you're so amazing. And just so that they know that you are cheerleading for them, even though you can't be with them. But you're, be, you're being, I'm understanding that you're being very specific. It's not a, a, a general birthday celebration. You're identifying something unique about that grandchild right. so that they know that you are paying attention to them as an individual. Right. Yeah, this girl is a great designer, and she um, has had a hard time with decisions, but this decision was made in a hurry, and, and it's the right decision for them, and I just, you know, it really complimented her on how exciting it is that she's starting this new adventure, and, you know, just specific things that I love about her, and I think that's probably the best way to at least start with from a distance when you don't see your grandchildren all the time. Oh, that's great. Well, let's talk about family culture. I mean, the Ayers have a, almost, I would say, almost a very structured, ingrained culture. Uh, you have nine children. They have, some of them have married from different backgrounds. How do you bring your entire family into an Ayers culture without disrupting what um, your in-laws came from? Ooh, that's such a good question because that's a delicate balance. It really is. And we have been so blessed to have eight now in-laws come into our family and each so different. We have a Swiss daughter-in-law who was born following the rules and we don't really follow rules as often in our, in our family, you know, we're pretty, okay, well, that's, that's good, but let's try it this way. But wow, we have learned to adjust to her and she's learned to adjust to us. And she is one of my dearest friends now. I, I adore her. But everybody's come in from a different culture. You've experienced this too with so many children and in-laws coming in now. And I feel like these, and some are acclimate a little more easily than others. Some um, stand back just a bit, but most of them are really all in. Um, we have a funny thing at the reunion. Um, we have what we call uh, a meeting for the in-laws. And it is, it's called Pile, Present In-laws of Iron Realm. <laughs> and uh, that when we have a little fun meeting with our kids, we have a little trust fund that we talk to our kids about every year by giving money. And while we do that, they go sit in the hot tub and talk about how weird the Ayers are. I mean, I know they do. And they really, you know, they go through all this stuff that, man, this is so wild, but 
they come out with, yeah, but we're really glad to be part of this, you know? And uh, they share with us what they've said, which is so great. I mean, we're open to whatever they feel like they need to talk about and so on, but they like each other. That's, that's really the main thing. They really feel like they're kind of in a little club of their own. So that's really been helpful, I think, to integrate in-laws. Okay, so it sounds to me like um, you have an atmosphere of trust. You allow people to say what they think and, and you don't get defensive. You just simply listen. And right, exactly. That's it's kind of fun to hear. I mean, Richard is, I'm the only one that can insult Richard. You know, I, and I do a good job of that, but he is really good at soaking in stuff. And, and I am too. I mean, they've never said anything that's destructive or anything like that, but we've changed some things because of what they've said, which I think is important. Well, you, you brought up family meetings. Let's talk a little bit more about that because you have um, what you call a culture of service. So there, you know, every family has tradition. So, um, are there ways that you're inculcating or helping your grandchildren build that culture of service? Yes. In fact, we started a long time ago uh, being really proactive and taking and exposing our kids to needy, uh, to needs, people in need and so on, starting with our own neighborhoods and then going on from there. We've been so lucky to be able to do some uh, Africa trips and some to Bolivia and India and so on. And we've loved that, but wow, it has kind of caught on. And our kids are now leading us. They have what they call um, Children for Children concert every Sunday, five of them, I mean, every Christmas. Um, five of them are now doing this. They have the kids in the neighborhood organize their children, organize the kids in the neighborhood. They have a little concert. They raise money. They say, we're gonna do this concert for other kids. So our project this year, is family humanitarian and this is what we're going to do for them and so on and they raise a lot of money and then we have a little fund so that we can match that fund so they have become the ones that are saying come on we got to do this we got to do this they are the ones that organize the program and conduct the program and so on so we are thrilled that this has gone on this thread has gone on through our grandchildren they are in fact we had one uh 13 year old grandchild going on 21, who did a book, um, an instruction manual on how to do that online. And so they are now taking the baton and going forward. It's so great. So it sounds that's one way you and Richard have been proactive grandparents is by example, instilling this idea of service gone to your children now with your grandchildren where they, they are doing it themselves. That, that's, right. a, that's a they great are. way of instilling that. They okay. love it. So I've been, in, I've been in your marvelous home that uh, overlooks Bear Lake. I've been fortunate to do that and have some conversations with you and Richard there. Now, I've heard that you have this thing called Grammy Camp. So what is that? Oh, man. We have so much fun with Grammy Camp. It started out, I started out saying, you can't come till you're five because I don't want to change diapers and all that. And now the little tiny ones, and we don't have too many left coming, they are the cutest of all. And that's only like an hour and a half, you know, of just little tiny kids dancing in dancing skirts and crowns and, and playing with cars and do whatever they want just for a little bit. But it gets serious as they get older. And so this year, uh, what I started doing the last few years, I, I want my grandkids to know what I love. I love, I was a music major. I love music. I love art. I love the scriptures. I love um 
quotes and things that change the way you feel about life. And so this year I sent out uh, eight classical um, pieces and five art pieces that I wanted them to be able to recognize. We had so much fun with this because I gave them, I gave them actually some money, a dollar for knowing what the thing was, a dollar for the composer, a dollar for the art piece, whatever. And they went for it. I mean, you know, a little bribe goes a long way. We've always believed in bribery. And so it really goes a long way. So we did that and we had the most fun. I said, do you have to, can you tell me something, uh, something else about this particular piece? this piano concert by Beethoven. Honestly, they came up with Mona Lisa. Did you realize that Mona Lisa does not have eyebrows? They came up with, with that. She has a little wedding veil on. I never knew that. I mean, they just had a ball doing this. And then I gave these little treats for knowing something extra about this so that they were internalizing it. So then they also memorize my favorite scripture every year. They can do it in unison. They can rip that thing off. And not only that, they kind of know what it means. And also we did a Shakespeare quote this year that was delightful. And they just, they go for it. This year I added one thing and always in grammar camp, my main purpose is to teach our children about their ancestors, where they came from, what's in their blood, what, they're, what they are about because of these great people that came before them. So... This year we did a special thing for my mom in one of the Grammy camps, my dad in one of the Grammy camps. And in fact, um, the Swenson family, which is Rich's family in one of the Grammy camps. And we don't just do hard stuff. We also do fun stuff. Um, we went on, a, uh, there's a bird, uh, a national bird, um, what would you call it? A repository or something just really close to Bear Lake. And we t I gave each of the little kids, there were four, five kids in this one, each of them gave a little pair of binoculars and we went out bird watching. And that was so fun. But I have to go back to my mom for a minute because my mom is a treasure. And um, she had an amazing life on a farm. And I sent uh, four of these girls stories about her, one of her siblings had told stories about her life. And they became that sibling that day they told the story and then I gave them all um, this just pile of um, plastic tablecloths and scotch tape and all kinds of stuff, bows and ribbons and, and cowboy hats and cowboy boots. And in 10 minutes, they created a costume that was a personification of their story. And it was so fun. Oh, we had so much fun watching them create this crazy outfit and then tell the story again. So those kind of things help them remember them forever. I mean, once they're, they're involved in it and they are part of it, then these people become part of their lives. My mother is part of our grandchildren's lives. She was truly amazing and that's the goal. That's great. So what I'm understanding there is that while you have Grammy camp every year, that there are specific themes that you use, but every Grammy camp focuses on some things that are consistent like family history. Right, okay. right, and art and music and, you know, just things that I love. I mean, other grandmothers that do, it's something totally different, but um, it really is my moment with them. And it's, it used to be overnight and all that. We had one overnight this year in a tent and everything, but, but usually it's like three hours done. I mean, you know, but it's time I have with them 
on their own and I absolutely love it. Creating, making some memories. So, um, okay, we have just a couple of minutes left um, and hopefully we have, you know, you know, thousands of grandparents and soon to be grandparents listening in. And what would you say to them? If, you know, what can they do different? What any, any advice that you would offer? I think I'd say, first of all, how blessed we all are to be grandparents uh, and how much we love them. We just love them. I love this Irma Bombeck quote. She said, a grandmother loves you from when you are a bald baby until you are a bald father and all the hair in between. <laughs> and I think that is so true. I mean, love is the main thing. You just, we, we need to let them know how much we love them and how much faith we have in them as being the very best they can be. I, I think building that is something that will, when, when you're gone, they probably won't build a, a, you know, a plaque or a bronze thing or give you and, and make a monument to you. But the monument, monument is in their hearts for you, for the things that you've taught them, for the things that you've expressed to them about love and confidence and faith and all and hope and all the things that um, are so important to little children. And I think it's something that grandparents parents can do that parents really can't. And so it's, it's a great joy to be able to have that input. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Linda. It's always a pleasure to share time with you. It's always fun to be with you, Christopher. We so appreciate Familius. It's a fabulous company. That's very kind of you to say. Now, where can our guests find you online? Um, we do a radio show every week called Ayers on the Road. Uh, we just did, in fact, two weeks ago, we just did a review on this grandparenting book, and then we did Richard's grand grandfathering book also. So IyersOnTheRoad.com. And, of course, at Familius, the books are available, and on Amazon. Um, Anywhere books are sold. All right. As we conclude today's podcast, I'd like to thank Familius Publishing for their support in bringing this podcast to your ears and your heart. We'd be thrilled if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review on iTunes and social media. If you'd like more wonderful Familius content, be sure to visit us at Familius.com where you will find our Habit Hub blog as well as a spectacular selection of books for families. One step at a time, we can make the world a happier place. Thank you for sharing your time with me, Dr. Carla Marie Manley. It's been a joy and a true pleasure. Be well and shine as only you can do. We talk together, learn together, play, work, eat together, we laugh together, heal together.